Welcome to the News Nest. Hello, Allies. This is Sparrow. Welcome to the News Nest. There is not a whole lot going on this week. It's going to be a really short episode, um, so I'm just going to very quickly tell you what's been going on. There is an Austin, Texas talk meetup happening at the end of this month. I mentioned it before, um, and I had given a date, but it looks like the date has been changed to the end of this month, so I'll have that thread linked in the show notes so you can go and get all of the details. The uh, Choose Your Own Swap swap has um, begun, partners have been sent out, and everyone has commenced stalking, so thank you very much to Avorni for setting that up for us. I wanted to say a belated happy birthday to Stephanie, our very own Mama Elle. Um, Her birthday fell right in between two episodes and I didn't get to mention it last time, so happy birthday Stephanie and we hope you had a great day. I think I mentioned last time that there is a Ships and Seaside knit-along starting in June. It begins June 1st, and it goes until 15th of July. There will be prizes involved, and you can sign up in the thread in the group there. For the quest, Lily Lalu has posted in the quest that her work schedule has picked up quite a bit, and so she is going to be taking the quest down from every week to um, maybe twice a twice a month now. So, um, you know, people are trying to keep bumping up that thread and just keep an eye on it. I will mention here in the podcast whenever the next task or clue pops up, um, but for now it's just going to be whenever Lily has the time, and that's perfectly okay, Lily. There's no pressure on you whatsoever. Olympics, um, the Rev Olympics are still, we're still just kind of gathering up people and participating in the training camp that Pixieware set up for us. I linked the training camp um, thread last time around. You can go and have fun with us getting ready for the Rev Olympics in the meantime, and that will be starting at the end of July. And that's all I've really got for you guys today. There was not a lot of news this week. Um... It was a more quiet week, but I do have an interview. The interview is with Typo Queen, and here it is. What brought you to Talkland? Typo Queen says, I saw someone else showing off pics in another group of hexapuffs and other things they had made from Stephanie's wonderful patterns. What kept me there, though, was the wonderful spirit of all the warm and loving people and Stephanie's example. She has been in just staying positive. Aside from crafting, what is your favorite thing to do? She says, is there something else? I like to play my instrument, a viola I've played since I was 8 years old. That's over 40 years now. I like to be with my family and friends doing just about anything as long as we're together. What kinds of yarns or fibers do you like? Soft ones. And ones sort of like uh, quiggy or um, alpaca and silks are nice too. But I really love felting stuff too. Gee, that's a tough question. I think I like too much. What sorts of projects or techniques do you like the best? I like the looks of detailed design stuff, but actually making them is another thing. I think I have gotten to where I enjoy designs that are done in one color by changing the depth of the finished product in various areas to show off the design. It reminds me of having a full color picture versus a black and white one. 
where intarsia would be a full color photo, and the way I mentioned before is a black and white version. What project of the projects have you made so far that you remember the best? If you mean of my projects that I have done and posted on Ravelry, I think the Monster Book of Monsters, because I spent so much time making it and then gifted it in a swap after first making up a crochet version and then going to the knit one and doing a treasure book to hide stuff in. Now, if you mean any that I have done in my whole lifetime, it would be the first pair of crocheted slippers I learned how to do with my Aunt Virginia, who was my inspiration not to give up on crocheting after my grandmother passed away. She always had her crocheting with her everywhere she went, and was always making afghans to give to everyone in her family that she knew. She was also the one that told me to never give sharp words or things between friends. This caused her to sell me a needle needed for crafting for one penny because, well, you can never give sharp things between friends. It always stuck in my head and in my life. Is there any familial importance or significance in knitting, crafting, or crocheting for you? It seems to run in our family, but usually just one from each generation. My grandma on my mom's side did sewing, crochet, and knitting. She even gifted every year her her creations to the orphanage she came from at Christmas time, even into her 70s and 80s. The next generation was my Aunt Virginia, and then I am the one in my generation. My mom did some crafting, but not to the degree my aunt and grandma did. I have hopes that my youngest daughter will get back into her crafting as she gets older and be the one for her generation. How did you learn to knit, and what was the moment or project when you realized you couldn't live without it? I taught myself. After finally figuring out crocheting with grandma and aunt's help, and then even how to read patterns on my own, I decided the next step was knitting. I had a few crochet books that also had knitting in them, with pictures of basic knitting, so I tried a scarf for my sister in a thick pink yarn, and made her a K2P2 rib scarf. She still has it. I saw it hanging up in their house over this last winter, drying from use. I think I made that when she was in junior high, way back in the 1980s. After that, I knew I could do it, but I thought it took too long to make stuff, so I never went back to knitting again until about the year 2001. I was tired of how square-looking everything crocheted was, and kept seeing beautiful knitted items, so I gave it another try. When I started seeing Harry Potter patterns, though, and dolls and toys, and how much both knitting and crochet had changed, that was when I was hooked for good. If you had a chance to make anyone, um, for, for anyone in the whole of time and space, what would you make, and who would you make it for? My grandma. She tried it so hard to teach me to crochet, and I would, but I would get super frustrated and give up and cry. I was about six when she first started trying, and f- could finally do a chain around age seven or eight. That was all she ever saw me be able to do. She gave so much to so many. I loved the opportunity to give something back and have her know it was because of her that I even knew it existed and finally did figure it out. Look at me now, Grandma. I hope I was able to honor your tradition and your memory. If you could go back in time for 24 hours, where and when would you go? Into the 1700s or so. I love the clothing they had and the slow-paced society, but I know I would miss the easy access of patterns and fibers and the internet, so I'd only like to visit from time to time. What is your favorite fairy tale and why? I never had a favorite fairy tale. I was a Mother Goose and Limerick's child. Unless you count the Bullwinkle show Twisted Fairy Tales. Those were pretty good. Typo Queen, we totally count those. <laughs> Probably the closest thing I can come up with would be the story of Ricky Ticky Tavi, Nosorambi, Pitberry Pimbo, sorry, can't remember the rest of his full name anymore. 
I meant to Google that so that I could uh, fill in the full name for you, Typo Queen, and I forgot to do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Everyone has a quirk. What is your quirk? Typo Queen says, the fact that I craft just about everything and anything and that I am perpetually a kid and really don't care what anyone else thinks about what I like to do. I still watch some cartoons, play with shrinky dinks, and still think bodily functions can be funny. I also play or own odd instruments, still having desires to learn some of them. Among them are viola, I learned and still play. I say it's odd because most choose the violin or the cello. No one chooses the viola. The nose flute, I learned. Bagpipes, I own, still trying to learn. Piano, don't own, still trying to learn. I had a few lessons and hope to get back into it again. I say odd on this one because I've started learning it in my late 40s. Who takes up a new instrument at my age? Also, another quirk, I suppose. I have never entered hand... Oh, I'm sorry. I have been entering handmade stuff into hometown fairs since I was eight. I haven't had a year yet when I haven't won at least one first place, but I've never had a best of show. My daughter, though, first try on entering photography, got a best of show and an invitation to state-level banquet and showing. When you were a little kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I always used to answer the typical, I wanted to be a teacher when I was a little kid, mostly because I couldn't think of anything else. I didn't know how close I was to reality either. As it turned out, what I wanted to teach wasn't so much intellectual, but artsy and crafty. Thank you so much, Typo Queen, for your interview. We very much love learning all about new alleys. And now I have Badger's Mama's Limericks. She sent us two limericks this week. Um, the first one is for the Austin, Texas meetup. At the end of the month, owls will meet. In Texas, renowned for its heat. To Austin will scoot with a flap and a hoot. I'm sure we will find it a treat. And then she also sent us one as a belated birthday wish for Stephanie. To the lovey whose patterns we make. This brief little moment I take. To wish with all mirth on this day of your birth that you'll spend the day covered in cake. <laughs> thank you very much, Badger's Mama, and thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you back here next week. Hopefully it'll be a little longer next week. Bye! Bye!